All right. Um, today's podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, traditionalists, uh, traditional martial artists. Uh, not necessarily the art itself, but the people that are there. Um, yeah, it's something that I've wanted to talk about. I might have uh, touched on it a little bit when I was reading over the book in um, Self-Defense, The Best Scam. <clears throat> Available on Amazon, by the way, in case anyone wants to go ahead and uh, support the stream so that I can make more podcasts for you guys. But um, today we're going to be talking about traditional martial, traditional martial artists. Uh, it's just going to be myself today. Uh, I just have a couple thoughts that I really think I need to start talking about a little bit more. And I just need to start making more content for you guys uh, more regularly. Because um, months on end and then sporadically I'll be like, oh yeah, I have a podcast. I have to do that. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of rude, in my opinion. Um, so today we're going to be talking about traditional martial artists. And what I mean by a traditional martial artist, I don't necessarily mean traditional martial arts or necessarily people that follow the doctrine of traditional martial, art, of traditional martial arts. Um, I mean more along the lines of people that don't like adapting their style. People that don't like adapting their style to newer things. Um, or, or even more so, the, the people that are really, really heavy on believing that the, the, the sensei or the master or the shifu or, or, or whatever it is that they practice is the end-all be-all. Um, I, I don't know another... So I come at, I come at this from a very consumer-based, like American consumer-based mentality mindset, where if I'm looking at a product and for whatever reason, the device doesn't seem to work, and this happens in other places in, in the marketplace as well. Um, like if you have uh, an iPhone, right? Apple is probably one of the better people that handle this on vast majority, but there are outlier cases and other situations that are just simply terrible. If you have an iPhone device and you receive it and you turn it on and the screen is nothing but blue, you can return your Apple device and be like, hey, I didn't do this, what's up with the phone? Uh, and they'll give you more than most likely a brand new phone, or at least they used to. Um, and that's the customer being right, so to speak. I mean, it, it comes from the mindset of customers being right versus uh, the seller always being right. And in traditional martial artists, or the, at least some of the mindsets that traditional martial arts have, they, they, they tend to be really heavy on the seller is always right. And it's a huge problem because you end up with people like George Dillman or, um, oh God, what, what, the, what was his name? Um, this other guy's name, I forgot what his name. George Dillman is just like one of the most famous people. These type of people that are traditional martial artists, but then they go down this rabbit hole of craziness and then they, it, it becomes nearly impossible for them to recover from. Um, it's a huge problem. You know, you have to be able to be like, hey, I'm learning self-defense. Now, whether or not you want to become a professional fighter or anything like that, it, it doesn't necessarily matter. But if you're going into martial arts and you have a question on how a technique is supposed to be executed or even, or even there's a slight misunderstanding of how the technique works, challenge the instructor. Like... You, you should challenge your instructor every chance you get. I mean, their job, their only job is to teach you how to prevent an, uh, prevent someone from attacking you. Now, if they're along the traditional general mindsets of like, let's say, let's take Z Ultimate, for example. 
I'm not saying anything's necessarily wrong with the ultimate, but there is a, there are lots of problems with them. Um, like I'm sure they have a great inner culture. I'm sure that's fine, uh, and that's something we might talk about a little bit too in this podcast. But um, well, let's take Z Ultimate for example. Like if you take Z Ultimate and you take it to any Gracie Baja or Gracie Jiu Jitsu or Brazilian Jiu Jitsu gym, and you would compare the two, Z Ultimate would be like there. There are immediate excuses. Oh well, we don't train for the ground, or oh we don't prepare our students for this type of stuff, or or the best ones are uh, we don't want to have martial artists uh, use full capability in order to fend off the ground attacker because we want them to be able to go home at night. It's a very, it's a very cocky thing to say, very egocentric. And um, it's a problem because when you use that defense for a technique that you can't defend from or something that you're having an issue with, it's you're now selling a bad product. And, and the problem with that is it affects every martial artist and, and I believe now it's becoming far more clear that martial artists have to be able to sell better products I mean Aikido for a very long time uh, due to Rokas was Rokas from YouTube if you if you ever see his YouTube channel go check it out it's a uh, my martial arts journey great YouTube channel a uh, great martial artist I wish I had the ability to have a interview with him and all that jazz but life is as it is um and one of the things that he really brought out was that Aikido didn't really work, not because Aikido doesn't work, but because the people that were in Aikido got complacent. And and I think that's a lot of that's very true to a lot of traditional martial artists. Now let's let, now why do I compare it to consumers uh, and the general marketplace? Because uh, most people when they think martial arts, they don't think oh it's a marketplace or anything like that. Well, at least I never did until. For a very long time, at least. Um, one of the things that people have to re recognize is martial arts schools, if their product is bad, one of the things that they'll tend to do is to target kids. And there's a couple of reasons for this. One, kids have way more time than parents do, or, or adults in general, or teenagers and so they're the ideal marketplace. And if you get them in young, you can get them into love the martial art if you're a good enough instructor to get someone to be like, oh, this is really cool. Or the better habit is, this is just something that I've been doing my entire life. I'm, I'm like seven years old or something like that. And once they become like a teenager, they're going to want to continue doing it because it's a part of their everyday life and change is not ideal. Uh, sometimes that'll pass through the... Uh, through high school and into college age, and sometimes it'll pass into adulthood. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, for example, me, I, I started martial arts in my early teens, um, but there was an emotional drive behind that, so I just kept on pushing behind it, and I just kept on going, and I'm still doing it now, only on a different level. I, you know, adult life, uh, have jobs to do, uh, rent to pay, and all of that jazz. But the reason why they want they target more kids is because typically they will stay longer and the parents are the ones that pay for it and the parents think that they are getting something that's really good for the kids. Which on the vast majority, typically speaking, uh, the discipline that most traditional martial arts schools provide for kids, arguably amazing. But that's not what we were talking about. We're, we're really talking about the skill sets that the traditional martial arts bring when it comes to adults. They don't, they don't, they don't really provide real skills. And 
a lot of it is due to not having to worry, and a lot of it is due to not having to to worry about, um, not necessarily worry, but their market, their, their their income is derived from an entirely different thing, right? So their 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 main money maker that they get is from kids, traditionalists, traditional martial arts schools. Is it's what I'm referring to here. So if their main focus is producing 12-year-old black belts, air quotes, um, then they don't really care that much about the product itself. They just care about having a functioning daycare that is essentially teaching some sort of uh, striking... It's a a martial arts-themed daycare, essentially. And those can be incredibly lucrative. I mean, let's say you have, like... 20 kids and you're charging a hundred bucks per kid that's two grand for one hour of work uh one hour's work um throughout the entire week maybe two three times a week that's that's pretty good that's some pretty serious cash um especially if it's for the entirety of the month i mean you, you just repeat r- wash rinse repeat that a couple times enjoy your stamina and then there you go you have all of the all of the monies and you don't even have to worry about thinking about real technique now, you try to do that same type of teaching method to a, a slightly older age group, then you're not going to be able to have that same response. But at the same time, the mentality behind that is, oh, these are kids, you know, you have to be a little more stern and you have to be a little bit more uh, precise when it comes to uh, teaching them mixed martial arts things or martial arts things in general. So you have that whole dynamic of I'm the teacher, I say goes, you listen, you respond. But that is starting to end up in biting a lot of these traditional martial arts schools in the butt because when you, you, you can't speak to adults that way. You, know, you, you can't tell an adult, oh, you're doing it this way because this way is the best way. And I'm the instructor or I'm the sensei. Because if you start speaking to someone like that, it's, it's A, incredibly disrespectful to, the, uh, to your peer, mind you. Just because you have an understanding of how to move your body when it comes to a combat scenario does not make the ground actually equal for anyone. Right? There's a whole bunch of other things that go into play when it comes to live combat. There's will, there's determination. Well, I guess that's the same thing. There's will, there's um, uh, actual physical attributes, there's, there, there's, there's items that they can have that you might not be aware of. There's, all, there's, there's friends that they can have that you might not be aware of. There's a whole bunch of, there's the environment that you have to worry about. There's a whole bunch of different things that you could be putting yourself at a disadvantage just because you got cocky and was like, oh, I'm the martial arts master. I know what's best. You're going to listen to me. If you start speaking down from a, and this is something that I find mostly in traditional martial artists. Mostly in traditional martial artists do I ever see this. But if you start speaking down to your peers or to, um, to, 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 to people that, have a, that are not kids, essentially, you're going to start insulting people and you're going to start t- destroying the name of martial arts and whatever style you're doing. Um, it's, it's, a real, it's a real issue. I don't, I don't know why martial artists do this. I, I think it's because they don't, they have, they have that built up cushion from, keep, from being able to yell at kids for such a long time and not really having them fight back. And then when they do, I mean, they're a kid, what are they going to do, right? You just trip them and it's pretty much over. Um, so I think that could be a, a bit of it. But this, this mindset that has, that has been going on for a very long time in my mind, um, is the, th- is the very thing that's going to be destroying martial arts as a whole. 
like you, you can't just you can't just say because of my position I am correct and you are wrong. Like in no scenario is that correct. In, in no scenario is that correct. You you have to be able to explain your position. Right? You, you can't just be like, oh, I am X, Y, and Z, therefore I am right. We don't, like, in the United States at least, I mean, it might, it might be different in other places. Like, if you're in England and the queen comes up to you and says, you did X, Y, and Z, and I said so because I am the queen, that's an entirely different story. But here in the United States, we have freedom. So when it comes to a person who says, oh, I am a sensei or a seventh degree black belt in whatever martial arts system, and they say, because of that, I am right, then that person doesn't understand what it means to be a martial artist. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. They probably have great understanding of martial arts systems, martial arts styles, martial arts philosophies, and all of that stuff, but they're missing the core part about being a martial artist. You know, being a martial artist isn't necessarily about aspiring to be the most humble individual on the planet. It's not about that. It has nothing, in my opinion, it has very little to do with that. I think more martial arts, and again, this could be completely subjected to me, but I think martial arts as a whole is more about just ignoring everything else and trying to figure out what makes you a better you at what you do. And for a lot of people, that could be martial arts. And for other people, that could be being good at business. But there's a sense of respect. Like, look at David Goggins, for example. David Goggins is an incredibly, incredibly respectful individual. He is a person who decided to triple down on his demons and decide to destroy them. Like, he's the type of person that you're like, oh, this guy's just internet famous or Instagram famous or anything like that type of famous. And he only does this for, uh, for, for fame and fortune. No, he actually does this. I mean, there are videos, there are hour-long videos where he's just doing one repetitive motion over and over and over and over and over again. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, he's a real person. That per even though he's not, he, he doesn't, he's not belted, at least I'm not aware of. Um, he's not belted in any martial art, but he is more of a martial artist than literally any of the traditional martial arts that are essentially fake. And, and it's really hard to determine who's a real martial artist and who's a fake martial artist. I mean, in the book and in this podcast, I, I go over it a little bit, but it's, it, it's, it's very difficult because you can also find yourself in a cult-like mentality. You know, like if you're if you're in there for a long time and they show you a couple cool moves and it seems really good and you're just like, oh yeah, cool, this is really nice. You know, you could you could easily fall into this cult like mentality where it's like, oh, um, sensei whatever so said that this makes sense, so I'm gonna try and do this, and then it works. Then that's cool. Now that person has a little bit more credibility. But then they keep on doing this, and then they get to the point where it's like, oh, maybe he maybe. Maybe this technique doesn't work. Maybe I just need to train more because my sensei said so. I think Rokas even said something along this, these lines as well in one of his videos. Um, like, there is... It's a product. And the product has to be tested. And if the product doesn't work, it's not the trainee's fault. It's the trainer's fault. And, and what that... Like, if you... Like, when it comes to striking... Like, here, here let, let's, let's clear up a whole bunch of myths when it comes to uh, standing techniques. Uh, standing techniques. I think I mentioned this in my book, uh, Self Defense: The Best Scam. It's it's also on my website, available for members. Um, or if you just email me at the underscore 
solutions at gmail.com. You can be able to um, uh, hit me up and I'll, and I'll get you there. But if you want to know more about this stuff specifically, it's on the underscore dot X, Y, Z. Um, and just email me or whatever it is you want to do and we can, we can, we can get more in depth. One of the things that I already forgot my train of thought. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, let's see. I was talking about martial arts instructors doing a technique, uh, techniques that don't work. Uh, standing techniques, rules of techniques. That's what I was going for. So if you're going for rules of techniques and in the rules of techniques, I literally never remember what the rules are every single time. And I talk about them literally all the time. It's kind of hilariously sad. Um, but in the rules of techniques, there are a bunch of different, oh, and actually, you know what, here, let me just open this up for me, open this up, and then I will tell you what the rules of techniques are. Yeah, so it's located on rank one members area on the underscore dot XYZ. Uh, it's the very first thing that you get, and this is what the rules of techniques. It, it goes a little bit more in detail uh, on the website. So the technique ha must have a learned escape. The technique must maintain complete control over the opponent. The technique must allow the user agility in combat. The technique must prevent the opponent from obtaining uh, from continuing the attack. So standing techniques, right? Uh, all of those grab them while your both feet are fully on the ground, and you're not. Well, you can be maimed, like, but you have both feet on the ground. The technique must have a learned escape. So if you go in for any type of wrist grab, the learned escape is not learned, it's um, intuitive. So if you just remove your hand, it's gone. The technique must uh, maintain complete control over the opponent. If you, have, if you don't have a learned escape, then you don't have complete control over your opponent. The technique must allow the user agility in combat. If you don't have the ability to move around your opponent, then you don't have a good technique, which you would have be able you would be able to move around your opponent if you had complete control over your opponent and they have to learn and escape how to get out of it. The technique must prevent the opponent from continuing the attack. Again, the attack would not be able to be continued if you had complete agility in in the technique. The tick and on top of that, you had control over your opponent, and the opponent had to learn how to escape from that technique. So those are the four rules of technique. So if you have these four rules of techniques, and then all of a sudden, let's go back to the, and, and then, and then you have a person who is a martial artist, and they say, oh, well, you just didn't do the technique right, because they did something along the lines, or didn't have to learn an escape to get out of it. Because a lot of these standing techniques you don't have to get out of. Uh, it creates a type of tension between the student and the teacher that is not ideal. Uh, because it's it's really uncomfortable, that tension. Because it's, it's, it's not a lot of people are confrontational and not a lot of people like to uh, combat um, the status quo because... You know, it's a it's a social social structure thing. Uh, me, I was gifted with the ability to say I don't care about your social structure and just do whatever it is that I want. Um, so there's that, and because of that, I was able to question martial artists a lot more. Granted, it did end up biting me in the butt in the long run, and I'm not entirely sure why. Um, just to give you a little bit of a story, I, I might have said this before. There was a, a martial arts school that I was a part of for a very, very long time. I got my belts through them. I got, I won 
tournaments through them. I won grand champions through them. And I, 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 did, I did a whole bunch for that school, and I, and I really, really liked that school a lot. Um, I left for two and some change years, maybe three years, I think it was. And I come back, and for whatever reason, the school just just didn't like me. And there was there was a power dynamic because what's there was a there was a person who wanted to purchase the school, and for whatever reason, they thought that I wanted to come in and take the school. That was never my intention. My intention was to help that person become extremely popular in martial arts and become very 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 well off. Um, but for whatever reason, they didn't view that it could be because i became a black belt before them so that made me their senior but also their sub but whatever it doesn't matter it's stupid politics that got into that person's head um and that power dynamic is what i'm talking about because it ends up screwing up everyone you know if you like if you have a bad product and you push it forward then the consumer is technically right. Unless they're wrong, which you could prove very easily in a martial arts setting. Like, I'm not saying beat up your students. I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying that. But at the same time, you, you have to be able... Like, martial arts is not a system of let's just be friends, right? It's not just a system of like, oh, we're here to fight and beat people up. You're learning a system, right? It's no different than learning how to play football. It's no different than learning how to play baseball. It's no different than learning how to play soccer or anything else. In regards to, I'm here to complete a specific task, and this task is what I'm here to do. If, for whatever reason, you learn soccer, and you learn that you have to pass your, you have to pass the ball over to the opponent every third kick that you get, I mean, I mean, the soccer players on the field are just going to look at you as if you're an absolute fool, both your team and your opponent's team. And the fault would fall on the trainer, the person who taught you that. Assumingly, unless you're just a special and you were just like, I need a, I need to give the ball over. <laughs> or maybe you just have crazy skill sets and whatever. But that's besides the point. Um, what I'm trying to say is, if you do something that's ridiculous, the, pro- the fault typically falls on the person that taught it to you. Right? So... If you, as a soccer player, goes like, hey, that doesn't make sense, coach. Why would I give the ball back to my opponent if I just got it from them? Then your teacher would be like, yeah, no, that make, yeah, that's a good argument. I guess I, I, guess I, wouldn't, I, guess I wouldn't do that. I, 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 guess, I guess you shouldn't do that because it makes it harder for you to, make the, to win the game because the objective is to win. Right? In all these sports, it's all to win. Martial arts, win. Football, win. Baseball, win. Jenga, win. All of these things have objectives, and the objective is to be competitive, to win. So when you remove the ability for the consumer to be competitive with you, then you're shooting yourself in the foot in the long run, right? Like, if you tell your, if you tell your students, no, you can't ask these questions, well, we don't do these things because it's too dangerous. That's such a ridiculous statement <laughs> it's it's such a ridiculous statement we don't we don't practice these skill sets because they're too dangerous i mean what <laughs> i think that's absolutely amazing um it, it, it's just absolutely beautiful because if you think about it you, you're essentially saying 
that I have no idea because I've never done these before because I've never hurt someone this badly before. Because, I mean, I've broken people's arms, right? I, I've broken people's arms. I'm pretty sure I've dislocated a couple legs. Uh, and these were just from, like, strikes and different uh, ground techniques and stuff like that. Uh, like, I put one dude in a cast for a long time because he was threatening me. This is a long story short. I don't, I don't think I've ever really told this story. But uh, essentially, he was threatening me. And he tried to attack me, and I was like, bro, you need to relax. And then I put him down on the ground, put him in an arm bar, and popped his arm. Um, because he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't want to step down. I actually have no idea why I just told you guys that. <laughs> so there's... <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I think that's me trying to say that I need to wrap up this, this uh, podcast. But uh, what I'm trying to say is, you have... If you're a martial artist... And you're a traditional martial artist. And this is where I see this the most. I mean, you do see it in other places, uh, but I mostly see it in traditional martial arts. Um, I can't say I've seen it in boxing gyms, because uh, I, I go to a specific boxing gym, and the, the coach Lee there, he's, oh my god, amazing. Uh, like, I cannot get over him. He's amazing. He's, like, he, he, has, he has the command of a veteran boxer, but he's, like, in his 30s. And it's just amazing. And I don't necessarily mean like he's old or any, or young, too young for anything like that. It's just his, his, he's so smart when it comes to boxing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, God, I forgot why I said that again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically, long story short, traditional martial arts really need to figure out a way how to fix the problems that they have with their ego. And it's weird because they're going to come at this podcast, and maybe they won't listen to it, maybe they will. Uh, and they'll say, like, oh, this, this person's super egoistical, believing that he has a bigger ego. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not saying anything along those lines. I'm simply saying that you have to make a better product because if you don't make better products, and again, martial arts, you are the martial artist. You make the product. You are kind of the product itself. And if you can't teach a person how to defend themselves properly or throw proper punches or be able to dance in the ring, not because they want to fight in the ring. Now, here's, here's the important part. You want to be able to teach a person... Uh, teach a person the ability to fight in a ring, not because they want to fight in a ring, but because that is the bare minimum standard of good, right? That is the minimum standard. You want them to be able to be okay with combat, nothing more, nothing less. If you want, if you do anything less than that, uh, you're essentially just lying to them. Like you're just lying to them, and I don't understand why anyone would want to lie like that. Like it's it's incredibly it's disheartening almost like you have a beautiful system and you're gonna lie and say that your style can do more than it can't or because not because the style can't but because you can't because again a martial arts style is exactly that a style okay i'm gonna do another podcast about this because i have uh, about styles and, and whatnot um because i have a couple um a couple of listeners with a couple of questions on my youtube channel uh which I totally know what it is off the top of my head. Like that's how often I upload YouTube videos that I know what my channel name is. But any anywho, I'm gonna wrap this up here. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to email me at the underscore solutions at gmail.com. If you want to become a member and help the channel grow, I'm gonna change the pricing soon. So because um, right now it's pretty expensive. <laughs> I don't know why I put it at this price, but I'm gonna change it to like a couple pennies on the dime. And um, make it super easy. I'm also going to link all of the podcasts through either Spotify or Google or whatever it is that I decide to put it up there. And I'm going to put it on the website as well so that you can have the full library of everything that I say. 
Uh, on top of that, I uh, yeah, uh, there's also a couple other member ex member only videos. So that if you sign up and become a member, you have me me doing a video specifically uh, going in details about hand to hand combat, how to become a little bit better on there. There's a couple videos up there right now. We're talking about mobility. Uh, there's hopefully going to be more videos coming up. It's just a kind of crazy, kind of hectic, uh, trying to figure things out uh, in life as everyone else is. Alright, uh, that was the underscore. This was Solomon. You guys are amazing. And uh, that's the outro. I think that's, yeah, that's a good outro. <laughs> Later.